You leave us. Amen. Well, it's been over a year since I've not said, since I've said for the first time, hey, we're in the book of Acts this morning. We're not in the book of Acts. That I can tell you. I also have been announcing that we were going to go and begin to look at some psalms. Just kidding. We're, we're actually not going to look at psalms this morning either. We're going to put that off. We are going to look at a topic. We're going to do a, a topical series uh, on the character and nature of God. And we, I, I mean, who's going to argue with that? Nobody. Yeah, go ahead. Try to argue with that. The, there, are, there are several reasons uh, for that. We've been staying and, and going through books of the Bible for a good reason. And the reason has been you can stay based uh, on the Scripture. And you're not just preaching about the things that you, the, the topics that you want to preach about. You're, you're going through entire books. Now, we haven't been going through those in an expository way. We really still have been doing topic by topic. And this morning, we're going to start this topic of the character and nature of God. I do just want to uh, let you guys know a, a kind of why, and then uh, just selfishly, I'm going to, I, I know in communion we talked about not being selfish, but I'm going to ask for prayer. Uh, a couple months ago, I got a call from Martha Toyer, one of our missionaries in Chico, California. She's with Youth with a Mission, and she asked if I would come and speak at their YWMDTS. And after praying and seeking counsel, uh, decided that, that I would go and do that. And the topic, can anybody guess what she asked me to preach on? The, yes, the character and nature of God. And so the, the thought was that, that we would go ahead and do that topic here. And then by January, we'll be almost done with it. And uh, I'll be able to go out there. So uh, I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone. And as I have gotten into this topic the encouragement and the challenge that has come uh, has really been uh, amazing. And I think that you will uh, enjoy that as well. And so this morning, I'm just really going to give an introduction. We're not really going to get into a characteristic or what you would call a a nature of God, just to give you uh, kind of an overview of what exactly that means. Because you might wonder, well, what exactly are we talking about? Uh, just to list a few, and this is certainly not an exhaustive list, people would say that the nature of God are things like that he is Trinitarian, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I looked that word up. It's a big fancy word, Trinitarian. The omnis are part of his nature, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. He's uncreated, but he's the creator. And then some characteristics. He's loving, he's just, he's holy, he's wise, he's gracious. And so you might think to yourself, you just might think, wow, that's a really big topic. And you would be right. And that's actually one of the first points that we're going to come back to over and over again. And we see it from Genesis to Revelation. This is huge. In fact, it's so huge, we can't actually get our head, our mind around it. And there are other things like this that we can draw an analogy from. Like, for example, walking to the sun. If you could walk to the sun, 
that distance, we can't really put our brains around it. Or uh, uh, something else that we can't put our brains around, the number one trillion. We can't really put our mind around that. I actually looked this up several times because I didn't believe it. Because if you wanted to count to one trillion, it would take you 31,000 years. No, that can't be. Google it this week. I know. I, I, I'm like, 31, that cannot, that, it just kind of explodes your head. And the character and the nature of God, who God is, the greatness of our God, the uncontainable presence of God, it's too great. It's, it, our brains actually cannot contain it. I think it's important that we remember that. And so we're going to keep coming back to this idea that this is too big for us. In fact, Psalm 139, and actually another statement, we're just, just get used to this, from Genesis to Revelation... Everything contained in the Bible, but Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. So this was like 3000 BC. This is for everyone, everywhere, at every time. Whoo! I don't understand that. All of my thoughts, all of your thoughts. All of everybody's thoughts here, all of everybody's thoughts. You think a trillion is big? This is big. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. These are the omnis. The, I, the, many times when I was practicing this this week, I, I went like this. I just... So I, it's not for lack of practice. This topic brings you to the end of your words. And that's what we want. That's, I think, part of the goal. Okay, it's part of my goal for this introduction. You hem me in behind and before me, and you lay your hand upon me. How does that happen? How can he be behind us? and before us, and have his hand on us. How can he be... We thank you for what you've done, we thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you're going to do. And then I'm thankful for verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to understand, for me to attain, for me to get. And as I said, from... Genesis to Revelation, we see stories in the Bible that we go, and in fact, I, there's sometimes, I don't blame unbelievers to, that go, oh, that couldn't be true, because it's too lofty, it's too amazing, it's, you, you know the word unbelievable means not believable, we say it like, oh wow, that's unbelievable, as something really great that happened, it means not believable, it's crazy believable. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Something that we're going to talk about is this is not only in the great, but even in the struggle. The book of Job, 
brings us to the place where we just have to go, okay, God, you're God, and I'm not. And so uh, the next point that we'll go to as we're going through this, he's God, and we're not. There's a value in the humility Because if we think, oh, we're going to figure everything out and we're going to understand everything, we're going to lead ourselves down a pathway that is not going to go well. So the next point in this topic that we're going to look at is if God's so amazing and we can't understand him and he's so awesome and all of those things are true, then he must be this far off being that is so, we cannot even approach him. He, if he's that great, then, then, and we're supposed to be humble, and we're supposed to know that we can't attain him, then, then we need to view him as just a God that we don't get near. We're just thankful that he doesn't smite us on a day-to-day, I love that word, smite. I mean, I don't want to be smited. Is that even, is that, the, is that smited? I don't want to be, but it's, it's that great word. God, although he's so great that we can't conceive or, or contain him, there's a yet. There's a, yeah, but wait one minute in this. And that is he desires to know us. He, not, he desires to reveal himself to us. So the reason that we would try to understand, to, to go through topics like the character and nature of God is because he wants us to. He desires us to seek him out because he first sought us out. He calls for us to love him because he first loved us. There's this thought that's too wonderful for us. That this being, this creator, this omni-everything desires to reveal himself to us. Listen to Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the, world's God, of the world, God's invisible quality, his eternal power and divine nature, from Genesis to Revelation, from the very beginning, his invisible qualities, his eternal power, His divine nature, his character have been clearly seen. Being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. This verse is just talking about the creation. His creation, just one part of who he is, is so great that we're without excuse. He's not only so great, but this is his revelation to us. He's trying to make himself known to us. We're without excuse. The Lord wants us to know him. 
In fact, this is so amazing that people all over the world and for all time have fallen into the trap of worshiping the creation. It's that awesome that people actually go, you know what, I'm just going to worship this creation because anything beyond that, it's actually, they say it's unbelievable. Yet it's to reveal, and we have Nelson, a biologist, and Dell, the insects, and whatever you have studied in here, whatever you're studying at Purdue, it's it's to point to him. We don't have to just worship the creation. We can worship the creator. His character and his nature is being poured out so that we're at without excuse. In fact, he's shouting at us. I mean, in a good way. He's showing off at his crea- with his creation. But it's for a very important purpose. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways. Now, this was written in the first century. And so we can even fast forward and still say, at many times and at many ways, from all time. But the writer of Hebrews is speaking just to the Jewish, or mostly to the Jewish people in the first century. And so he uses the example, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And so if you're a biologist, God would say... in this verse, God spoke to you by learning about the intricacies of insects or the human body or whatever the study is. But God spoke through these amazing parts of his creation. But in these last days, which we're still in, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We can look, and we will look through, not all the way, but from Genesis to Revelation, and there are examples of God's revelation to his people. But nothing, and I should say everything, pales in comparison to what Jesus should do for us. He's spoken to us by his Son. He sent his very being to earth, to reveal himself to us. He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint. When we talk about what it means to be uh, Trinitarian, what the Trinity means, in addition to saying we don't really know because it's too awesome, we'll look at scriptures like this that, v- that see the Father and the Son in the same place, the exact imprint. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. So God wants to reveal himself to us. But he needs to take a time out. 
Because what we've done is we've rebelled against him and we've turned away from him. The Bible calls this sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've rebelled against him. And so even though he's revealing himself to us, there can be no communion. It's what we talked about in, uh, during communion this morning. There can be no communion without this person of Jesus Christ. And so not only did God want to be in communion, he recognized we couldn't do anything for it. No matter how good we are, no matter what kind of checkboxes we can try to check, it's not going to be good enough. We've fallen short. All have fallen short. And so Jesus came as the Father to make purifications for our sins. What that means is he took our sin... So that, so that when we recognize the greatness of God, we can actually come and be in communion with him. And so as we talk about the character and nature of God, the, Jesus is the hinge pin. I have a hinge. Found one in the basement this morning. It worked better like when you pull it. It worked better in my mind. There's this uncontainable God and there's us. And without the hinge pin. Oh, I have a picture too. Forgot about that. Without the hinge pin holding it together, it doesn't work. A hinge doesn't work without the hinge pin. He's the centerpiece. It's an ice sculpture on the left. When you come into a room, and this only happens in you know major events like weddings and things like that, and there's this, a centerpiece, all eyes are drawn to it. Everything points towards the centerpiece. That's Jesus. The last picture is a linchpin. This is on a wheel. If you don't have a linchpin, the wheels fall off. Right? It doesn't work. And Jesus is all of those things. He, it, this is too lofty for us to imagine that there's this God who's so amazing yet still desires a relationship with us and so makes that possible through his Son. Praise your name, Lord. Amen? God, this is too wonderful for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm I'm not done. I just praise your name, Lord. We give you glory. We shout your praise, Lord. This is too amazing for us. Lord, you've made a way. Glory to your name. Glory to the name of Jesus. We worship you. This brings us to a place. Are you in? Does this bring you to a place of worship? If it doesn't, 
take this week, and this is your assignment, and say, Lord, give me a revelation to the point where I just, I've got to just stop and kneel down and worship your name. This is, it's good news. This is that good. If we've lost the amazement of who God is and what he has done for us. Let's spend all day and all week asking the Holy Spirit to give it back to us. It's that amazing. And in addition to it being that amazing, this is going to be one of the points as we go through this, is that we have to stop and worship him. We have to stop and praise his name. And maybe we'll do it sometime. Maybe we'll just stop and say, okay, we're just going to worship the Lord for five minutes. Ready, go. And just say, thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you for you revealing yourself to me for the first time when I was a kid or for the first time when I was in high school. Thank you for revealing yourself to me and for not letting me die in that car wreck and not letting me make that terrible mistake. Think back on your life and worship him. I hesitate to use an analogy because it's, it's too awesome. But think about a, a human person that, you're, that, that you look up to. Maybe this is a, you know, you're a, a, a soccer player, a football player, a track star, and, and, and you look up to that, to that athlete that's at the pinnacle. Or maybe you're a scientist and there's that, that person that's had the breakthroughs and they've written the papers and you look up to them. Or maybe it's a business owner that has, has figured out a new way or created. And if you can think of that person, and I'll just tell you, for a long time for me, I, I, I looked up to Thomas Jefferson. I know he's got lots of problems, and, but any time I was able to study something about Thomas Jefferson... I did that. And so you want to study and, and, and you want to search out everything you can about that person. But what if that person came and they said, I, I want to mentor you. I want to train you. I want you to come out to Oregon or California or wherever the sports star is. And, I, and I've got this complex and I, and I want to train you I see some of me in you. That would be great, wouldn't it? That's what God is doing to us. He's asking us. Come. I want to mentor you. I see part of me in you. I want to... Use those skills and those talents that actually he put in you, because this is not an analogy, that he's putting, he wants to develop those. Well, I wanted to stay on that, but as far as an introduction goes, I want to also point to another uh, aspect of what we're going to go through. And that is, it's important to believe this. It's important to have faith. I'm not telling you that you can't wrestle and and that you can't struggle. 
But we have, to, we have to recognize that if we begin to believe a lie about God's goodness, about his faithfulness, or that he's trustworthy, or, or that he's sovereign, if we begin to let those lies come into our life, they're going to they're gonna wreak havoc. You know, wreak, it, it means a couple different things. It means cause havoc, but it also means smell bad. It's going to wreak havoc. It's going to make a mess. And so it's important that, that, that we get this down as a foundation. Colossians 2 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. As we base our lives on Christ and who and Christ pointing to God, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies. Remember the garden. Did God really say? You don't really believe that he's behind and before you. Well, if we begin to allow that lie to come in, he's not really behind and before me. I'm going to lose all peace because if he's not behind and before me, I'm falling off the side of the earth. Like he's our only hope. So we have to remember these things. Don't let anything take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies which depend on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than of Christ. Wes, Wes last week talked about obstacles of grace. Sometimes the enemy. Sometimes other people speak lies to us. Sometimes our flesh begin to erode some of those things. Don't let lies, deceptive philosophies, come in. Don't let experiences that we walk through on a day-to-day basis shake your faith in the unshakable. If we begin to walk down that path of believing those lies, it's going to make a mess. And we'll add to it. It's important that we come back to the foundation that we not only know the truth, but we apply it to our lives. People often will be able to say, oh no, yeah, God's trustworthy and, and he's faithful. But I'm so worried about this future event that, that, I, that I, can't, I, I can't even function. Come back. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. So if we're struggling, I like if we're struggling with some of these things, I, I, I use this phrase sometimes, I like to go big because it helps me come back to essentially the character and nature of God. If we're beginning to struggle, there's things that come in, and we'll talk about this a little bit, that, that lead us down this pathway of believing a lie. So scale back. Have you seen the drone footage of when there's a drone and then all of a sudden it flies really up high and they speed it up so it's like, and you just have a different perspective? I'll find a video 
in this. That's a, that's a great analogy. That's what we need to do. We need to scale out. We need to go big. And so what I mean by going big, there's several different aspects to it. One is, I just have to say, look, if this is in the Bible, and the Bible, 66 books put together, there's this common theme, it has to be true. I can believe that. Or or I look outside, and I studied um, evolution just like everybody else. I I went to a public school. Uh, The college I went to, they said they were affiliated with a church. I won't won't tell you what church they were affiliated with, but I didn't see any affiliation. I I studied this stuff. You know what? That can't be true. It doesn't, this doesn't just happen. The leaves changing and every, it just can't be true. There has to be something that created this. Okay, what created it? Well, I believe that there's a creator. Okay, who's the creator? Is it Buddhism? Is it, is it Islam? No, I don't believe those because that's all work. And if anything is based on me, it's not going to work. It's going to work if it's based on God. And Christianity creates a system where God has done it for us. Oh, I can believe in that. And then all of a sudden, you know where I'm at? I'm like, well, I don't know what I was worried about. Jesus came. He was a historical figure. There's extra biblical history that says the guy lived. And if he would have died there would be, and stayed dead, he would, there would have been extra biblical evidence. There is none. There's nobody in the grave. Oh, I believe this. And now all of a sudden, you know what I, you, you know what I can believe? I can believe that God's going to be trustworthy in the coming future. I can believe he's going to be with me for that event or that test or that interview. Or He's going to be enough. This is what the application of the character and the nature of God is going to do for us. That's my hope as we go forward. Are you guys excited about this? Because this is, a re- this is really good stuff. And if you start to... Genesis to Revelation, you're like, whoa, this could be really helpful. And it can be really helpful. And I love that Don Blake's sitting in the front. Don Blake knows this. Don Blake's been walking with the Lord since 1960, and he's gone over this. Some of you have been in a DTS. You know this. You've just, you've gone through it. Well, you know what's great about this? We need to be reminded. That's why we come together on a Sunday morning. So next Sunday, please come back. Would love to see everyone here. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we uh, come to you with and awe in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, we come to you with worship and thanks and praise. Lord, we worship you and praise you for who you are. We worship and praise you that you have revealed and are revealing yourself to us and are going to reveal yourself to us. And God, we thank you for sending Jesus as a person, as a clear example of your love and revelation to us. Lord, we worship and praise you and thank you 
in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Declare, He is exalted. He is exalted. The King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted. stay we'll have a meal served off to my left just uh, remember the styrofoam bowls cannot be recycled but the other stuff that we've been recycling can and if you'd like prayer we'll have prayer in the uh, back room as well lord we exalt your name together lord i pray that as we go away this week that we'll exalt your name in the morning in at noontime in the evening lord before we lay our head down on the pillow that we will exalt you lord i pray that we would be a people that, is, that are praising and worshiping you throughout the day, throughout our week. Lord, we thank you for this uh, immeasurable good news. Lord, I pray that as we go from here that we'd have opportunity to share your good news with those around us as well. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, thank you that we have an opportunity to have a meal together. Lord, we thank you for your provision in our lives. Lord, we thank you for fellowship, that, that when one of us is having trouble and is struggling with uh, these truths, Lord, we can uh, have a meal, Lord, that we can hang out with other people that will remind us. I pray that we would speak truth to one another, Lord, that we would speak the truth, that we would speak love to one another. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.